All right, here we are. It's Monday, 11 o'clock. It's the Chaz Palmentary Podcast. Don't forget, we are on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, and, uh, you know, every Monday at 11 o'clock. And I'm, don't. And if you want to come and see the one-man show, the one-man show that was voted best show of the year in Las Vegas, also was a hit on Broadway. Uh, if you want to see it, let me get Oh, I got to get the dates right here. Okay. You go to chazpalmetary.net. And you go to, I'm going to be at, uh, the next one will be, what is that, John? April 23rd. April 23rd. April 23rd at Inglewood, New Jersey at the Bergen Pack Theater. Uh, June 4th, I'm going to be at the Richfield Playhouse right here in Richfield, Connecticut. June 11th, I'm going to be at the Paramount Theater in Huntington. You got to get tickets, folks, because these tickets sell out fast. And September 16th in Mid- Midville, Millville, the Lavoie Theater. September 22nd, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, since, and what is this? Our, That's the Taft Theater. And then the October Theater. 14th. Is October Akron, 14th, right, at the Akron, Ohio, at the E.J. Thomas Hall. October 20th, the Reading, Reading, Pennsylvania. I'll be there. Where am I at Reading, Pennsylvania, John? Reading, Pennsylvania, you're at the Santander Performing Arts Center. Oh, that's right. Okay. And September 21st, Glenside, PA, Keswick Theater. And, of course, November 5th. Where am I the, the, November 5th? November 5th, you are at Des Plaines, Illinois. Okay. All right. Guys, you know me. I have so many different types of guests on the show. I had Academy Award winners. I had Tony winners. I had Emmy winners. I have... Uh, Actors, I have writers, I have world championship fighters. Larry Holmes was here, well, champion UFC fighters. And you know, my favorite of all is comics. I love comics because they're funny. They're funny and they make my job easy. And I got one of the best here right now. You might have seen him on uh, uh, White Boys in the Hood. What was that on? White There's Boys? a Showtime. Showtime, Show. White Boys in the Hood. And he is funny. Funny, funny. Uh, I want you to say hello. Jack Black, Jack, how are you? Jay Black. Jack Black is much more famous than me. I would, uh, so. Oh, it's, it's, why, did I say Jack Black? Jack Black. People say Jack all the time. They're so used to it. All right, let's do that again. I got it. Okay, sorry. Well, I can run into a story. I got a good story about Jack Black. We could talk about it. I'm fine with it. Let's talk about yeah, it. You're really, really- so, no, so here's the thing. When I first started doing stand-up comedy, uh, I did colleges. And right. I'm still doing a, a bunch, but not as uh, when I used to. Uh, early on, like 2005, I get booked to Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, Bloomsburg PA College. Right. And uh, this is back, student newspapers were still a thing. I guess they're all online now. But at the time, a printed student newspaper is how you found out what was going on. Right. Whoever booked me at the NACA, told the person in charge of advertising, we got Jay Black coming in. And they heard we have Jack Black coming in. So they print up a poster that's the School of Rock. This is Jack Black 2004, wow. height of fame, height. School of Rock. Right. One night only, Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, Jack Black, right? So uh, I get to the school. There's 600 kids in a hall that holds like 400. Right, packed. Now I'm such a narcissist, Chaz. I'm like, words gotten out about me, Jay Black. People, <laughs> people are hearing how good I am. This, I'm a rocket ship to the, the right. top of fame, right? 
Uh, so I get in there and I'm like all excited and they come up and they go, we have made a terrible mistake. We are so sorry. And they show me the newspaper advertisement and they're like, uh, they think you're Jack Black. We don't know what to do. So I was like, all right, um, well, someone's got to go up and tell them. Right. And he's like, yeah, we were hoping you would. So I said, okay. They put you under the bus. I did. So I went up there and I said, uh, I got like, Hey everybody, Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. Who's excited for Jack Black? And I go, (laughs) about that. He will not be arriving. And I tell him the story. And I don't know if you've ever heard 600 people say the F word in unison, but it's quite, it's like, what the fuck? All together. And uh, what what happened was about 300 got up and walked out, which is understandable. But the 300 estate had a good time. Had a great time. Uh, Later on, I I was backstage at Conan uh, uh, O'Brien show. And Jack Black was one of the performers. And I told him that story. Right. And uh, he said, you know, that's pretty nice to know. I guess if my career ever goes south, I'll go to Bloomsburg, PA. <laughs> and I was like, that feels a little bit like an insult to me, but I'll take it, Jack. That's good. So, that's all right. Yeah, but uh, it was Jack yeah. Black. I get it all the time. I get Joe Black sometimes because I'm very handsome. So they confuse me with Brad Pitt, which right. is Joe, understandable. Joe I yeah. understand about uh, that. But it's Now, when you, I always ask comedians this, yeah. Jay, when... One day, you're home and you go, I want to be a stand-up comic. Yeah. How does this happen? So I, I can't even tell the story anymore because the guy who inspired me, you can't talk about. And I, it was really? a, there was, well, it was a show that was a, it was a movie that ran on HBO a lot in the early 80s. It was called Bill Cosby Himself. Uh, it was a two-hour stand-up special. Yes, I remember that. And they yes. built the Cosby show off of that special, right? Because it was him talking about Camille and his five kids and yes. his one son. And it's the one, uh, uh, dad is great. He give us chocolate cake. Everybody remembers right. that bit. Well, I was seven and I had a dad that was not the most emotive dad in the world. I used to tell him all the time, like dad, if you had hugged me three more times, I would have been an accountant. You know what I mean? Like I would have I done a real job, you know? Right. Uh, but I sat, it was, I remember clearly it was like May of 1984 and I'm sitting there, I'm looking at my dad laughing so hard he's crying. You know, like he is just like, right. can't breathe. And uh, I go, well, whatever this is, I want to do this. You know, whatever this feeling is. At that age. At that age, I, I, you know, I didn't know if it was a job necessarily, but I did know this idea that you could get up and number one, make my dad laugh, but make everybody in the house feel this good. Right. It's like, I want to do that. Now, later on, it got me in trouble because I was, <laughs> I was doing a, uh, show in uh, uh, Baltimore and you do like magazine interviews beforehand like you know yes. to promote the show and those are done like months ahead of time right. so they always ask the same questions and I always try to answer in like an interesting way well I, I answer uh, you know the questions that they ask me like I get a call from the club promoter like a week before the show and he was like what is wrong with you and I was like what are you talking about he's like you you knew what you were doing in that interview and I'm like I don't know what you're talking about yeah. well I had done the interview all the stuff about Bill Cosby had come out after I did the interview. And the my response was, they said, what got you into comedy? And my idiot response was, Bill Cosby. I saw what he was doing and thought, man, I'd love to do that too. And I was like, <laughs> oh, right, not the man. thing that you meant. Don't take that out of context. So, wow. uh, But it was Bill Cosby when I was seven Bill years Con- old. And I'm, I'm, Well, you know what? I went to be an actor when I was 10, so but seven. Well, and you got to remember too, I grew up in the 80s. 
And that was the height of stand, like the boom, like the A and E's evening at the Improv, an evening at Caroline's, uh, you know, young, Rodney uh, Dangerfield Young Comedian Special. Yeah. I mean, these were events in my household. Like I still clearly remember seeing Sam Kennison for the first time oh, when yeah. I was uh, it was ten years old, right after the premiere of uh, Back to School on HBO. Right, I think I mean, he was on uh, Letterman. I think. Yeah, he was on uh, Fantastic Comics. I I grew up watching all this, and uh, I just thought this is more than anything else what I want to be. So, but but obviously you you got older, and you had you had to have a job first, right? right? What 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 kind of work did you? I became a high school teacher, which is uh, a weird thing to become. You actually became a high school teacher. One hundred. So so I went to college. I went to the College of New Jersey, which sounds like a made-up place. It sounds like something that you do when you're trying to think of a fake college. Right. Like, where'd right, you go to school? Right. Uh, the College of New Jersey. They changed the name of it. It used to be called Trenton State College. They changed it to the College of New Jersey because there's a prison called Trenton State Prison. Yes. And it, people would get confused. They'd go like, where'd you go? I Tren- know that prison. <laughs> yeah, you go. Trenton uh, State. For some friends of mine, yes. Yeah. How many years? Five. It was supposed to be four, but things got a little messed up my first right. year. People get confused, right? So... Uh, I, I did uh, the college in New Jersey. I was studying English, and my dad was like, you can't just be an English. What are you going to be, uh, vice president of poetry interpretation? You can't be a – get a teaching degree. So I got a teaching degree, and I was – you know, I didn't think I'd want to be a teacher, but, like, getting up in front of a group of people, you know, talking about the thing I loved, which was literature, it kind of scratched that performance itch in a, in a yeah. strange yeah, way. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're up, you got 25 kids there. They're not necessarily in rapt attention. They have to listen to you. They got to listen to me. Right. So uh, I wow. got up and, and chatted with them. And it wasn't until my second year of teaching that I was inspired to go do an open mic. Um, to do, do you remember come. your first open mic? I do. I do. It went really well. Really? A lot of people have bad experiences. Uh, I had, I killed my open, my first open mic. I, I mean, nowadays I wouldn't say it was killing, but then it was killing the next six months. I failed miserably, but if it weren't for that first like little hit of the heroin, yeah. you know, I don't know if I would have continued doing it because the failures that followed were, were fairly epic. Everybody fails. Everybody yeah. bombs. I remember Chris Rock telling me that. Yep. I did a movie with Chris and he said, I said, did you ever bomb Chris? And he went, everybody bombs. Yeah, all the time. Yep, you There's, gotta people still bomb. He goes, it happens. You got to get a callus over your soul in yeah. order to do this. And really, what what you know, uh, what I learned was when you get in front of a group of people, the talent isn't the jokes. And you probably know this doing the the one man shows. Yeah. The the thing you're trying to do is make these people feel comfortable yeah. in an uncomfortable situation immediately. Yes. Right. Yes. Because this is weird. This guy's talking. I don't get to talk. Right. right. He's going to try to make me laugh. This is an odd situation. Yes. So you spend years and years failing so that you stop worrying about failing so that you can get up in front of a group of people and and make them comfortable because you're not afraid of failing. That's so true, because I remember uh, early on in my career, I mean, I was obviously I've been an actor a long time, but I but I, I got fascinated. I was with the New York comedy players in the 70s. Right. And we it was like a Saturday Night Live guys. And we write and we perform. And I and I got, I said, you know what? I feel like trying stand-up. I right. wanted to try it, you know? Yeah. So I went to a few places. Back then, you're, you're too young. There was a place called Good Times. I think it was on 3rd Avenue. And I went there, and I, I was okay. You know, the material was just kind of put together. You sure. know what that is. Yeah. And I, I, I noticed it got better. It got a little better. And then I just got a part in another show, and I, I just said, you know what? I like doing characters. That's, right. That's not for me, you know. 
But I talked to Chris Rock about it, <clears throat> and he said to me, the thing about stand-up comedy is, I said, what's the, I said, Chris, what's the one advice you can give to a stand-up comic? He goes, don't be afraid of the silence. Yeah, 100%. Yep. He said, if you can get to that point where if you say a joke and nothing happens, you just take a sip of water. Right. But, it's, you know, keep it, on going. What happens is the you can't you don't want to laugh at somebody that you don't respect right and these guys that are needy the neediness of getting up there and begging for laughter and even if you're not doing it like overtly you're uh, you're doing it uh, uh, inside you're desperate for that please love me please love me now obviously you don't get up on a stage and uh, speak into an amplification device if you don't want them to laugh but it's just like a salesman you gotta be if you're the salesman that goes please buy my car no one wants to buy the car. But if you're the salesman that goes, yeah, you buy, you don't buy. It's all yeah. right if you don't. It's a good car. The audience wants to come to you. And you got to sort right. of make them come to you. And I think that that's the best way to put it. Uh, you know, don't be afraid of the silence. That's don't great. be afraid of the silence. Yeah. I mean, did you, uh, what happens is the comics start speeding up. They do, yeah. They think, well, mm-hmm. if I go faster, it'll be okay. I'll start hammering them. Hammering I'll hammer them. them. Yep. And that makes it worse. 100% because now they can't understand you. Right. I was doing a show in uh, Jersey and, you know, this is not that long ago. This is like four or five years ago. And I'm used to doing pretty well. You know, I'm doing my my act. Nothing. What? 10 minutes, nothing. 15 minutes, nothing. Like nothing. Like they're just looking at me like there's something wrong with me. <sighs> and uh, I, I find myself, I'm speeding up. I'm speeding up. I'm yeah. trying to hammer them with the A material. And uh, after like 22 minutes, I was just like, you know what? No, no. Something is wrong. It's not me. It's you. What's wrong? And they raise their hand and they go, um, this was, we're L'Oreal. Like we're from France. This is the L'Oreal Corporation Christmas party. And we speak English. We all speak English, but as a second language, you are speaking far too quickly for us. Oh. And I sort of just like broke open like, oh, okay. It was your fault. Maybe the uh, booker could have told me that L'Oreal was the wow. uh, purchaser of tonight. Wow. And it sort of opened the door and we all had a, a good laugh about so, that. So would you say, how long before were you doing stand-up did you become like where, all right, I could do this for a living? So it it happened pretty fast for me. It, it only took five years, which doesn't... That's fast. It's fast in stand-up. I started in 2002. I was able to leave teaching in 2007 because of the colleges. You know, uh, I was uh, like 29 when I left. Uh, no, you did your parents say, you're crazy, you don't do this. So, yes, they did, 100%. They did. Wow. Uh, my, my dad was like, I, you, you have tenure in, at high school. You could kill a kid and probably yeah. get on probation, right? Don't. Don't do don't this. Don't do this. And uh, I showed him, I, what I did was I had um, a, a bunch of contracts lined up that was double my teaching salary for the, the year over like the course of like nine months of doing colleges. So I said, I'll do it for two years, you know, with this. And if it goes poorly, I'll go back. And he was like, all right. And uh, my wife was like, okay, fine. This makes sense. And two weeks after I turned in my resignation, she was pregnant with my first child because God has a very good sense of humor. You know, God was like, okay, now do it. So I've had a stomachache perpetually for the last 15 years, you know. Wow, because that's, you know, when you have a kid, that's... Yeah. I got to work. It's, it's, and you know, women have a nesting instinct. Men have a working instinct. Right. You know, my wife was like, you just want to be away from me. And I was like, well, that's true. But also <laughs> but I need also, to go make money. You know, it's a right. double whammy. Now, how, how many children do you have? Three. 
I have uh, three kids. I have I, I and I as I always say, uh, I have three kids. One was planned. Um, the other two were uh, happy accidents. Um, my yeah, I have a, my eldest is fifteen. I have a twelve year old, and then I have a seven year old who is a, a whoopsie. Oh man, a whoopsie, a whoopsie. I love her to death, but like you know, one day you know she's gonna come to me and be like, "Daddy, what's the point of life? Why are we all here?" Oh, and I'd be like, "Well, for you specifically, uh, you're here because uh, drinks were two for one." Right. And the condoms were all the way across the other side of the room. And well, mommy and daddy both thought, what's the worst that could happen? And it was you. Happy birthday. Um, so it's it's, it's going to be uh, an event. Because if you think about it, sex is the biggest and smallest thing that we do. I mean, it really yeah. is. I mean, think about it. You are, John, you're here right now. Because nine months before you were born, your dad went. I mean, think about that. Your entire <laughs> existence, every hope, every desire, every particle of your being starts with your dad going, and then apologizing and taking a nap. Like that's the mystery of life sort of wrapped together into to yeah. one moment. Wow. Yeah. I, never <laughs> I talk about that in my club act sometimes and everybody gets real grossed out. You could talk about anything, but the second you talk about parents having sex, everybody's like, please no. I don't want to I consider it. myself a happy accident because my dad was 18 when I was conceived. Wow. Right? Holy mackerel. Yeah, I was 18. Yep. And you're, uh, it, is it nice having a dad as close in age as you? You know what? I actually really enjoy it. I mean, he brought us up playing sports, and he was able right. to keep up with us, and he was very athletic. So, I mean, it was a lot of fun growing up. See, here's the thing. My son inherited all of my sports ability, which is why he does theater. Your son does theater? <laughs> yes, he's a, he's really? a theater kid. Yeah. Where, where, where does he go to school? He's uh Cherokee High School down in South Jersey, and uh, he was the lead in his eighth grade play. He was Shrek. No, uh, you yeah. know my son plays Shrek? Really? Yes. There we go. He my was, son plays Shrek. I will I, get a I, picture. I, yes. You got to show me a picture of your son as Shrek. I'll show you and my I son will, as Shrek. I, I have it somewhere. I ha yeah, I have it in well, when we finish this. I'll yes, I want to see it. So now your wife. Yeah. Now, obviously, black is not Italian. No, no. I'm a quarter Italian. A I grew quarter up Italian. with, I ate seven fishes every Christmas. You did? I did. My Okay. My grandmother, full Italian. I go over there, and you know that. Really? Was, that was. But now, now your wife is full Italian. Full Italian. Panarella. That's her. Panarella. Her, Panarella. Her her dad is. Uh, is that lovely Don Sicilian? You know? I, I don't know. I, don't I, know. I think it might be Northern Italian. It mean Northern. Yeah, I think oh, so. Excuse me. I, I don't know. I don't know for it's sure. Northern Italian. <laughs> if, you know what? If I get it wrong, I'm going to hear. You're going to hear it. I will hear from it. So yes. I, let me just say I don't know. My family's from Sicily. You can't get any more South no, that, that is That is very South Italian, yes. That is South, <laughs> South Italian. But I mean, do you find like when you married or was it, did you have to like learn anything about the culture of Italian? So it, mostly the noise. There's a lot of yelling in an Italian yelling. family. There's a lot of, it doesn't mean everybody's mad. Oh it, no. It just means that we want to be heard. So her, uh, you know, and her, well, I will say her mom is deaf. Um, like she is a child of a deaf adult. So her mom is, is uh, deaf. Uh, she, I mean, she was born deaf. Yeah. Her, her mom was born deaf. So my wife uh, uh, does sign language, interprets, uh, can do sign language. And she's a, a Jersey Italian. So she's already talking with her hands and she does sign language. So when she gets angry, it looks like she's trying to start a fire. Like there is so much speed going on with her wow. fingers. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I wasn't prepared for how much yelling there would be. Uh, wow. And how do you think, like your father-in-law. My father-in-law, yeah. Did he take you welcoming into the family? Well, I'll tell you, he's um, I, his nickname in in college was Caveman. Cave. He was a he was a wrestler, a and wrestler, a wrestler. He was an all-American wrestler, and he uh, he was big claim to fame. You remember King Kong Bundy? 
Yeah. The wrestler. He always said, you know, I, I wrestled King Kong Bundy in college. Right. And it sounds like something you would make up because, you know, if, who's going to find out for sure if that really happened or not? Like, you I can't. I could say it now. You know, I once wrestled King Kong Bundy. Nobody could check it. Right. So it just so happened King Kong Bundy started doing stand up towards the end of his, uh, his life there. And I got to work with him. So I'm backstage right. with King Kong Bundy and I go, hey, King Kong. You know, if if you don't mind me asking, my father-in-law always claimed that he wrestled you in college. Mike Panarella, you ever heard of him? And King Kong Bundy goes, no, nah, I'm sorry. I, I've wrestled a lot of guys in college. I don't know. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, his nickname was Caveman. And King Kong Bundy goes, he was the strongest person I ever wrestled. Do not mess with your father-in-law. He will turn you inside out. Really? If King Kong Bundy's telling you not to mess with a person, you don't mess with the person. So I've been afraid ever since then. So, wow. uh, you know. Well, All-American college wrestler. That's the real deal. Yeah. He's going to tear you in half if he. Uh, oh, in half. Yeah. In half. And again, I look big and uh, I don't know if I look strong, but I look like I could do damage. I cannot. I am. Uh, yeah. ba I'm basically melted pudding. You're like a teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, I'm. A, I'm a uh, melted pudding teddy bear. Uh, I'm not uh, the most uh, powerful person, so I, I. I'm very afraid of my father-in-law. Yes. Wow. Now, you know, I was kidding around in the beginning. You know, obviously, I called you Jack Black. You're yeah, Jay Black. Yeah. But you know, there's a. I, I, don't get offended with no. There's a Jay Black. Mm -hmm. Or is it Jack Black? He's a porno star, right? Uh, Jay Black, the, the porn star, is yes. Is Jay Black a porno star? Yes, yes. Now, you know, I just want to know, did you ever get confused? Did they, people ever confuse you with we're, him? Well, so we're actually friends, Jay Black and I. No way. Yes. So I'll tell you what happened. So I, I talk about him in my act, because when I give out my website, I always say, just Google me, but be careful. I'm not Jay Black the singer, when Jay Black was, uh, and the Americans were alive. Jay Black the Americans. I say I, I do not do Karamea. Um, and I'm also not Jay Black, the porn star. And if you don't know him, he's an African-American man who's in very good shape and who spends all of his time on film with other men. Oh, he's a gay porn he, star. Well, not that there's anything wrong with it, but you not just- there's anything wrong You want to be funny. careful because if you're not expecting that video, it can make for an awkward brunch, you know? So be careful yeah. is what I tell people. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, and I always say, how did I discover Jay Black? It's because after every uh, appearance I do, I do a vanity Twitter search, see what people are saying. So I put my name in a Twitter and somebody posted a link and next to that link they wrote, Jay Black finishes strong. And I was like, oh, fantastic. Someone was at one of my shows. I must've been very funny at the end. Let's see what they uploaded. Click, you can't unsee what I saw. You understand you me? Right. I cried blood, I grew stigmata. His penis has its own weather. So uh, I, I always tell people, be careful, right? right. And, uh, and by the way, uh, People always are like, no, this is, can't be true. Let me look it up. Uh, he's real. And now that I'm aware of him, every time he releases a new movie, I get a Google alert. And it's always with a title that could be me or could be him. Like, Jay Black destroys small crowd in office. And I have to be like, oh, no, was that me wow. on Chaz's show? Um, but uh, so many people texted or tweeted at him and tweeted at me, like, after my shows, that he finally DM'd me and was like, right. what's going on? And I'm like, oh, I'm a comedian. I talk about you in my show. It's like, oh my God, I love comedy. We should hang out. And I was like, that's okay. Uh, we don't, we don't <laughs> have to. He's like, no, I live in Vegas. You're always in Vegas. When oh, I, he lives in Vegas. Yeah, when, when uh, you perform, maybe I come to your show, you invite me on stage. And I was like, what would your talent be? Like, would you just get up and hit golf balls with it? Yeah, right, right, Which, by the way, I'd be interested in seeing. But uh, no, he's, uh, 
uh, a real guy. Just be careful, is all I'm saying. Unless that's what you're looking for, in which case, you know, how disappointed would you be if you found me? Right. <laughs> you're like, no. let me find something to uh, uh, watch, and then it's just me talking. So, now, uh, do, do you ever feel, I mean, do, do your kids know what you do? Yeah, my son has been coming with me. So uh, he comes with yeah, you? Since he's five years old, he's been coming with me. He gets, so he sees your act? He comes up and sees the act, and he, he knows to cover his ears on the dirty parts. Not that he's not old enough to understand it, but, he, you know, when I'm talking about sex, at some point he put together, I'm talking about his mother as well. Do you, you know, feel a little funny that when he's in the audience? No, so, you know, when you're performing, you know, you're doing your act. You don't really think about it. But, like, from time to time, if I say something that uh, I realize that if my dad had said about my mom, I would have thrown up for about an hour. Um, yeah. You know, because I talk about it because I got three kids, you know, and sex, when you have three kids, it goes away. So you have two boys? I have a boy and two girls. You know, girls are harder. I I'm told I got my 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 middle one is twelve. She's, She's on the cusp just of thirteen. Coming to that, oh, yeah. I can see it. I can see, it, see it like storm clouds on the horizon. That middle school for girls, Ugh. it's a rough one. Yeah, Jay, that's a rough one. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you because it's that it's all those mean girls and everything's a big deal and yeah. Instagram and oh my god, it's gonna be a lot of slam doors, huh? Oh my God! And they always know more than you do. A son is um, is, is much easier. Well, he's uh, what's great about a son is that they're pretty unaware of stuff. They, yeah. my, my son has his interests. Yeah. And I always say you could set fire to the house, and it's fifty-fifty. He would realize. He, really? he he would be like, "You smell that?" It's like, "Yeah, you're on fire. You should yeah. leave, kid." Now, do they want to be in the business or no? So I don't think so. I, so my dad was a banker. Well, your son says he's an, he's an actor. He does now. like to do theater. It's just, you know, my dad was a banker. I rebelled and I became a comedian. I'm hoping my son rebels the other way. And he comes to me, he's like, I don't want your life. I'm going to be an MBA. And I'll be like, oh, and I'll be and secretly, I'll be like, yes, you know, yeah. go, go do something uh, worthwhile. So. You know, it's funny that you say that. And I always tell parents this because I do lectures in colleges. And, I, and they always say, oh, Chaz, talk to my daughter. She wants to be an actor. Talk to my son. I don't want him to do this. And I always tell him the same thing. I say, look, the business is so hard yeah. that don't worry, they'll quit. If they can't, if they don't have it here, just You saw Whiplash, quit. right? Yes. When he tells that story about throwing the symbol at Charlie Parker's head, right? Yeah. And he goes, uh, well, what if he quit? He goes, that's the thing. Charlie Parker wouldn't have quit. You know, like right. he, that wouldn't have stopped him. I always describe it like Fight Club. That the industry is like when you remember when they start the space monkeys in, in uh, Fight Club and they're all they, yes. you sp you spend three days in the rain right and they come out and they say we don't want you we don't want you we don't want you and then on the third day they let you in right. and I always say the industry is like that you stand in the rain for three days and they right. tell you that they don't want you and then not three days maybe three hundred days later yes. they let you in for a little bit. And if you can't it's a war of attrition. If yes. you can't stand in the rain, you'll quit. You'll quit. And it's, and that's what I told my son. I was like, I, I, to all of my kids, all I want is a fire. If there's a fire in you, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't that matter you're doing. what it is. If it's comedy, if it's underwater demolition, if yeah. it's cooking, if it's, if they whatever. Have passion it is. for whatever it is. Yeah. Do it. it. It'll push you in those moments where the self doubt creeps in and you go, oh, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing this? Yeah. Uh, that's what keeps you going. I just don't want them sleepwalking through life. Whatever it is they do, I just want them to have a passion that's such for a good, it. That's such a good, uh, don't, yeah. And that's why it's, I mean, look, obviously you, you and your wife seem like good parents and you got to push them. Yeah, she's a good parent. I'm just next to her. 
I just yeah, stand yeah, next well, to I her. Know, <laughs> I, well, no, no, you're you're there too. I mean, you're there yeah. supplying, make sure they have a good homes. I do my best. Yeah. You do, look, you got three kids. You know, I hope you save them for college, buddy. Oh, I, well, I, for the the smart one, yes. No, I'm only joking. No, that's rough. Doing my best. Uh, yeah, it's it's. By the time they get to college, it's just going. God be, knows how know, much it'll be. One point nine trillion dollars. Yeah, but maybe yeah. it'll be less. Now, besides, because I read about you, besides the comedy, yeah, you have done. Uh, you wrote movies. Uh, Hallmark movies. I write Lifetime and Hallmark movies. Yeah. I've I done. mean, I can't believe this. When I saw that, my wife went <laughs> over. My wife loves. Hum- See, my, my mother in law passed away right before COVID. Love her to death. Yeah. She and my wife used to watch Hallmark movies. And I watched them. And, and, and not that I'm a, a, an acting snob or anything. Yeah. But I watched them. And I go, it's the same movie. It, it is. It it's is, the yeah. same movie every time. Yeah. It's just different actors. They, it's And not even different actors sometimes. Sometimes it's just sometimes, the yeah. same actor doing the same part. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. Um, you know, I always say when I started writing for Lifetime, they have uh, a couple of rules that are interesting that you have so to have. So these are set rules. It's not set so much as like, if you want to sell us a movie, there's two things that you need. And the first thing you need is a nice kitchen in your movie. Oh, come and on. I'm not making this up. You put a nice kitchen in, and they said, because kitchens are like pornography for middle-aged women. And I was like, fine. So I type, you know, stage direction, nice kitchen, you know? Uh, I show the first movie I ever sold the Lifetime to my wife. I get done, I was like, what'd you think? And she's like, I'll tell you what I think, great kitchen. And I was like, they have the data. They know what they're they doing. They know what they're they know. doing. Second thing you need, hot bad guy. And I was like, you mean good guy? And they're like, no, we, he could be, a, you could play the good guy, Jay. We don't care. You know, the bad guy has to be hot because women have a fantasy the bad boy. of changing the bad boy. And I was like, that feels like an old wives tale. And they're like, we're lifetime. Old wives is what we do. And I was like, all right. So I type in hot bad guy. We went out and got uh, a male model in our first movie. Now listen, Chaz, I'm not gay. However, if this guy wanted to experiment, I'd go to third and he was sit there. His. He was. He, yeah, you get those guys. He's that so just, symmetrical. You know, yeah, you, you want to kill them. You just, just look at him and you're like, "This is you're not a human. You're like animatronic." Like somebody put you together. But yeah. usually, you know, usually those guys can't act. But some maybe he, he was good. He was, he was good okay. At, yeah. Uh, well, how's he? He all he's got to do is talk. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like you know, I just read that Tom Brady wants to be a comedian. I'm like, no, Tom. Guys like me become comedians. Right, Not, right, right. Just because girls laugh at everything you say doesn't mean you're funny. You know, right, some of us have right. to work for it. So uh, he walks out for the first time, and my daughter, who's 12, I believe sees this man and has an awakening because she's like, oh, I like him. I'm like, honey, he just murdered five people. And she goes, yeah, but don't you think the right girl could probably fix that? And I'm like, well, they have the data. They have the data. They know what they're now, talking the, about. Are there ever on the on the lifetime things? There's no killings, right? No, you do killings. I mean, there's it's no it's they're thrillers. So really, yeah, we do. Uh, I try to have between three and five killings in every movie that I write. You know, I this I, my sixth one. Uh, this it'll I, it might be uh, April 22nd is when my my latest one comes on. It's uh, it's called her fiance's double life. And spoiler alert, it's not a it's not a good life that he's leading. Jazz. He does it's some fascinating murdering. Fascinating to me. Yeah. Especially the Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know. He's, there's a good girl and a good guy, and 
she's crazy about him and he's crazy about her, but they never get together because of the boyfriend who's mm -hmm. hot. Yeah, well, you know what the problem is? And you as a writer, you know this. you yeah. got to start your characters different from where they wind up. Right, right. And usually that gives them, you give them a flaw or a problem or something they're trying to right. overcome. But when you're doing those Hallmark movies, they want their characters, they want to be aspirational characters. So you keep giving them like, well, what if she's, I don't know, a slob now? Can't be a slob. What if she's got trouble? She's bad with men. No, no, it doesn't work with her brand. That's why they all wind up being workaholics. It's an interesting statement on America in the sense that the one problem that's okay for everyone to have is workahol, workaholism. You can wow. make them workaholics. Um, so when you're writing those characters, you're just looking for a problem, looking for a problem, and you're like, I don't want to make her a workaholic. I won't make her a workaholic. And by the time you're done, she's a workaholic. Because that's that's the only problem that's fitting. So things to like them. drugs or alcoholism, no, not happening. No, not in Hallmark Land. They the they the, they don't even have aspirin in Hallmark Land because they don't get headaches. You know, wow. Hallmarklandia. They're uh, they don't do that. Wow. I mean, that's. I, I, yeah, because I know when I used to watch them, my mother-in-law and my wife would watch them all the time, and yeah. I would go. I don't know. I, I, is this that same movie? They go, no, it's a different yeah. one. I go, well, it looks like the same movie. You know, it's an interesting little side note. When you're writing those movies, one of the tricks that you try to do to make it more like Hallmark happier is you try to write each act. You, there's nine acts with the commercials. Right. Its own little one act play that has a beginning, middle, and end so that there's some satisfaction that you get before each commercial break because they're kind of designed for people that are doing other things. So like if you're like doing the laundry and you can only see two acts, you're going to feel like you can come back later. You can come back later, but you feel a little satisfied because whatever the problem of the act right. was, was solved by the end of the act before right, you go right, on the commercial. Right, right. So you have the overarching problem of the movie, right. but then each little act is its own little one act wow. play. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a little different from the stuff that you yeah. have done, which is really good. I no, got to well, tell you, no, no well, listen, I know yeah. it's not about you. But uh, holy mackerel, I'm surrounded, I don't know if you can see, oh, well, of the movies that you've done. And uh, uh, I'm just uh, so impressed that I get to stay here and talk to no, you. No, no, this has been great. Listen, I, I, I love talking with comics because they make my job easy. Ha. You know, I could just mention things and they could just talk because they're used to talking. We're now, narcissists. We, we love to talk about ourselves. The thing I have to ask you before we go is, yeah. and you seem different than a regular comics because... Maybe off when you're at it, but most comics they've got so many neuroses. They're they're. I think that so unhappy. I'll tell you what I think it is. In all honesty, uh, I was reading a book about dopamine, right? The 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 thing yes. that your body releases when it's happy, right? And it was saying that if you have a dopamine that releases at inopportune times, you tend to not focus on the right things, right. and so it's it becomes this thing of like. Uh, you know, when someone's talking to you, you should be talking to the person, right? right? But if your dopamine misfires, you are not talking to the person, you're counting the posters behind you, or you're noticing like, right, oh, there's right. a pattern on the floor. Right. Uh, so there's a link between noticing things that other people don't notice and being unhappy, right? right. And I think my own personal theory is that with comedy, uh, you're never a part of things when you're a comic. You're always okay. somewhat observing them. Yes. Right? And I think that's true. Like, I, I saw a thing about Dustin Hoffman. Uh, his brother, his, somebody was dying in his family. I don't know who it was. And he said he felt terrible because he knew as it was happening, he was going to use it 
yeah. later because as an actor so I totally understand that right you're like remember this sense memory remember this feeling because yes. you'll use this when you need to be sad later so you can never experience things as you're experiencing them because there's a part of you that's always observing observing like and comic, noticing like comics when they're together if somebody says something funny they'll never laugh they'll just go that's funny that's right 100% the best thing you can get from a comic is eh that's yeah, mm, that's pretty good. It's funny. Good bit. Good bit. They won't laugh, but yeah. they'll say that's funny. Yeah, it's uh, it. Part of that too is you spend so much time hearing jokes, you're just like, okay, I can see where this is going. And when it goes the way that yeah. you don't expect, you go, oh, good. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, and a funny thing about comics, they always say because I have a lot of friends that are comics. Uh, my friend Chris DeStefano. Oh know, Chris yeah, he's great. He's doing good. He's blowing up, and he always says to me, he goes. Uh, he goes, sometimes a comic, and a totally unknown comic at an open mic will say a joke, and it'll be really good, and he'll yeah. say, why did I think of that? Why, <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Why did I think of that? And there's almost a thing where, like, you you see it, and it'll be a terrible act, but there'll be, like, one beautiful joke right. in the center of it. Yeah. And you just want to go up to him and go, you got to sell that one good joke. Yeah, right, right. Because the rest of it's never going anywhere. Yeah. But that one good joke, mwah. But you know what's funny about that is, like, one thing about comics, you can do anything, but don't steal jokes. Oh, no. It is the... Yeah, that is the blasphemy. Yes. Right? It's the only currency that we have. You, you steal know? jokes, you are blackballed. 100%. That's it. Yeah, it, same way with me in my, in my writing. You steal my... You st no, that's out. Yeah. it's Well, it's the, it's the only currency that you have is this thing that you spend all this time refining and refining right. and refining. And somebody, and somebody it. takes it and... Oh, no, it's, it's out. Yeah. Well, listen, Jay, listen, this, it's been great. I this love was wonderful. You. I was oh, so good. happy to be here. Now, please tell us, how can they get in touch with you? What are you going to be on So soon? the best thing to do is go to jayblack.tv. It's J-A-Y-B-L-A-C-K.tv. You can tell I'm learning sign language. Yes. I, I, I'm learning sign language uh, because my wife's uh, uh, mom is uh, deaf. I'm trying to learn so I can talk with her. Wow. But also so I can see what my wife is saying about me. Because I watch and she goes really fast. And my name sign is this which I'm told is a compliment. Uh, so anyway, uh, go to jblack.tv. Uh, I think this is airing in time. Uh, June 9th, I'm going to be at the Brokerage in Long Island. And okay. June 10th, I'll be at Governor's in Long Island. If you go to jblack.tv, you can get tickets. And come see me. I love Long Island people. They're my kind of people. I, I agree with you. They're great people. Hey, you know, when you just did that whole thing, have yeah. you ever thought about doing a stand-up and just sign language? So, I, so I'll tell you the best thing. My wife... When my mother-in-law comes to the show, yeah. my wife interprets for me, okay? so Wow. Now, the vow of an interpreter is you can never comment on what's being said. You are only the vessel by which the other person understands you. Right. And my wife takes this very seriously. She's a teacher of the deaf, so she cares yeah. about it. So when she's, it's the one time in my life where she literally cannot answer or say anything about what i'm saying wow. so when my mother-in-law comes i just talk about uh how great i am in bed um <laughs> how how built i am how handsome i am right. and my wife just has to say it and it's just lovely right, to right, say right. yeah that's great uh, that phone wow what i pay all these people that don't answer the phone hey <laughs> jay yes oh been, it's been great thank man. you it's been an honor Chance. Uh, thank my you. pleasure Seriously. my pleasure i say hello to your father for me i will i will uh, all right Oh, your father-in-law. 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 Mr. Panarello, don't get mad. Mr. Panarello, please. What's it, caveman? <laughs> caveman, yes. Caveman. Oh, please. Oh, all right. He's going to be thrilled that Chaz Palminteri said caveman. Caveman. All right. God bless. Uh, listen, you. don't forget, we'll be back next Monday. 
at 11 o'clock with a new show. Go see ChazPalmateri.net, uh, my show. You can go online. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. So true. My father wrote this, put it in my room. My son has it. My daughter has it. And God bless them. They're both very successful. It's a great gift to give someone. Uh, I'll see you next week. God bless.